am special guest Cole Crosby. This is the Power Motion Picnic Hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Power Motion Picnic Hour. As always, I'm your host, Dave, and as always, with me is Trevor. Hey, Trevor, what's happening? Um, I'm doing doing well. I'm, oh. I'm back to the old the old signature uh, introduction, I guess. Yeah, this is a throwback episode in a in a sense. <laughs> Before that one week when when I had a cooler intro, we're going uh, back to our our Hemingway style uh, minimalist use of language. Yes, yeah, quite quite fashionable uh, back in the day. Fa- fashionable in the 1920s and fashionable in the 2020s as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. I'm glad to see you still have your your wings shirt on. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Do I wear this every episode? My my Paul McCartney and Wings T-shirt that I uh, that I bought in Liverpool. I yes, I've, I imagine you've just had it on continuously, but I I guess it would make more sense that you might have changed in between episodes. I have I I'm sure I have, and I have I have tons of T-shirts, but I only wear like three of them. <laughs> that's a, that's always kind of been your thing. I, I feel like in the original 1.0 days. Um, you spent more than half your time probably in a, a King Cobra with cut off sleeves. Uh, yeah. Black Actually, sort of tank or uh, yeah. Sleeveless tee. Yeah. that Yeah, exactly. It wasn't cut off sleeves. It was actually, it was made without sleeves. Oh, was it really made that way? Yeah. And that was a gift. That was a gift from an old college buddy who gave it to me uh, as a gift when I got my first tattoo. Cause he thought I needed a, a shirt that would show off the, oh, the tattoo cool. on my upper arm. And he, he had the shirt. It was a gift from his father who had given it to him uh, just because wow. he did. Yeah, because he thought it was cool, I guess. But his father got it in like the 70s from like a, like a package store when he was buying like a like a box of King Cobras. <laughs> like buying, I don't know why he was buying so many King Cobras, just stocking up for the winter, I suppose. And there was a promotion, which was a King Cobra muscle shirt. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, which I wore till it basically disintegrated. It's a it's a great first uh, shirts we used to wear segment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Talking about that old school t shirt, <laughs> I just remembered of, history of some some shirts we used to have. Yeah, um, you also had like a cool. I don't know why I remember your shirt so well. Probably because you we spent <laughs> so much time together and you only wore like, two or three, three shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they made an impression. But there was some like heart, and I think it was a a bar in yeah. Berlin or something. That was the that one I I still have, although it's it is like disintegrated. But yeah, that was from a a bar called Wild at Heart, I think, which yeah. still is open, I think, in Kreuzberg in Berlin, which is like a punk rock bar and venue. Um, yeah, and I I bought that at when I was in Berlin for the first time um, about twenty years ago, about a yeah. month month or two shy of twenty years ago. So yeah, Wild at Heart also a uh, Lou Reed album, uh, Legendary Hearts, I think. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, thanks. I was, I was, I sort of saw a fact correction coming, but thankfully we caught it, nipped it in the bud live. Um, feel, yeah, feel free to to chime into the mailbag uh, on Lou Lou Reed related topics. Anyway, yeah, wild at wild at heart. Well, anyway, good shirt, yeah. good shirt, um, good phrase, sort of very fitting of of the pod and yeah. and perhaps even of of. Uh, this episode's special guest who just did something fairly wild by by most accounts. Um, Great job reining this out of control intro in and finding <laughs> a way to make it about running. Uh, but that's true. We have we had a great special guest this week, as you could hear in uh, 
in the identify yourself segment of the <laughs> of the theme music and we had a yeah. great talk yeah absolutely and um yeah i guess before we go go right into that any i we, we have we, you know, we have sort of a, a few things that spilled over from lap, last episode. So we have a little, little bit of mailbag. Um, we can probably do the standard weekend running recap, but um, I don't know. What do you want to do? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's go to the interview and then we'll come back. We'll do mailbag. We'll do weekend running. And if we feel like it, we'll invent a new segment on the fly. That sounds good. All right, let's hit it. This is the Power Mojo Picnic Hour. My name's uh, Cole Crosby and... Um... I wear many hats, um, and uh, I like to run real far too. Um, <laughs> so, and that's why I guess I'm, that's why I'm on the pod too. <laughs> awesome. Def- definitely. Yeah. You caught, you caught our attention with, um, your recent base circuit, uh, FKT attempt, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into, but, um, but, um, but yeah, so tell us a little bit about the type of type of running you like to do. Yeah. Um, so I um, have now kind of in the last couple of years kind of caught the bug of these like multi-day ultra marathon running. So um, literally I'm kind of, uh, I, I ran a race uh, just to put into context. I ran a, a hundred mile race in Canada in Quebec city area. And um, throughout the whole race, like, especially even when I finished, they had on the announcement, they call me the, the Forrest Gump in New Jersey. Cause I was born and raised in New Jersey. Um, and they have, they have really cool, like French Canadian accents and too. So I, I, there's no, there's no way I'm going to go and be able to, um, do the race director justice, but, um, do they call all ultra marathoners Forrest Gump? Is that a Canadian no, thing? Definitely okay. not. <laughs> um, uh, wasn't sure if that was a weird Canadian eccentricity. I'm, I'm, see, I'm turning it back on them with their, uh, I know their Jersey, uh, slurs. I know it would have been, it would have been cool if they called everybody that, but. <laughs> Um, I don't know where they got it from, but they, that's, that's where they kind of come, came up with that. But, um, in many ways, I guess I do these ultra marathon events that, um, whether it's a, uh, an actual race or more like a FKT or unsanctioned type of race where I run for multiple days on end day, day in, uh, nighttime, um, you know, and, uh, ultimately have an awesome crew that helps support me to get to whatever that finish line might be. So whether it's, uh, 150 miles, 200 miles, 300 miles. I did done 346 miles is the furthest I've ever gone. Oh my God. So, um, yeah, ultimately, you know, I, I look at it just, it's just a number, whatever it is, I'm going to get to it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We we've had, it's funny. We've had, a, I mean, a few ultra runners on, on the podcast, but I didn't know until we started this podcast that there were races over a hundred miles. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I know now I know well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of this like growing, it's a growing phenomenon, I think. Um I think in the past people are just like doing it, right? Like when you run across the country or like run across the state or um do some of these like almost like running challenges kind of. But now mm-hmm. now we're seeing more of a influx of actual like race directors putting on actual races that are crazy distances i mean there's even a race uh that goes across new york state that's a 400 and like nine mile race or something like that oh my god i mean i love it it's yeah it's you know we'll we'll have this we'll revisit this conversation five years from now and we'll be like oh yeah yeah, the 400 is the the new 100 yeah exactly cole cole crosby old time short distance (laughs) forrest gump new jersey style runner yeah (laughs) yeah who knows right i mean like 
I think I've I don't know. So wait, how long is the New York one? Four hundred. I think it's four hundred nine miles, but <laughs> give or take, give or take a little bit. But I love that. Fools four oh nine. What is it? The Fools four oh nine. Fools four oh nine for the for listeners at home who might want to do it. Um Yeah. Yeah. We um and we've yeah, so Dave's right. We've had sort of a number of of special guests. Um that kind of get up into the hundred, hundred plus, but definitely not sort of um, into the realm you're talking. But but the first the first guest we had was the popular runner uh, Jim Pergolesi, and we we were talking to him a little bit about like sleeping strategy. Do you have a certain like do you do you do what's your what I guess what's your strategy, and does it change depending on the event or or um, how do you kind of approach that aspect? Yeah, um, it does change on the event. Um, I I've learned that um, more sleep is better for me. Um, so the first two hundred mile race that I ever ran was called the Cocodona two fifty through Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a sleep strategy, but I didn't really do a good job of executing it. So I took a lot of like short twenty minute naps, and ultimately oh. by mile two hundred, I was like. I don't know. I didn't realize I had no idea where I was pretty much. I was like having an out-of-body experience where I thought that I could like see myself from up above. And like, it was almost like I was watching like a playback of my race and I thought I had finished the race, but I was really running it. So, um, not to get in the weeds on that one, but I mean, um, that, that was one pivotal experience where I was like, well, crap, I need to try and sleep more. And, uh, then I did the speed project, which was, I finished that event. That was the 346, 346 miles from LA to Vegas. And, um, I finished that one, um, sleeping, uh, really I slept at about anywhere between an hour and hour and a half every 12 hours. Wow. Okay. Um, and I felt great. I had perfect mental clarity. Uh, it really came down to the very end where I like, I kind of try to push to the finish. Um, cause at one point, I was vying for the lead um, with like a marathon to go. And um, I didn't know if I was going to get it. Ultimately, I think I finished like fourth overall. But mind you, I also ran like 60 miles more than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, So I like that hour and a half every 12 approach. That almost sounds like something that like you people do if they're going on some sort of bender organized bender yeah. like if you're yeah. going to like you know if you're going to like south by southwest or, or some kind of event where you're not really sleeping much for a bunch of days but you're squeezing in 90 minutes here and there yeah um it, it, i guess it applies to running too yeah i mean i i think it for me it's been working out great like um uh, and one of the things that i've been able to do is like uh i've become a real believer of really like having it almost making a crew like a nascar so all mm-hmm. of my all of my like aid station pit stops if you want to call them that um we're, my crew is timing me so we i'm on a shot clock so if we budget a minute to three minutes like they'll tell me like one minute two minute like one minute warning like wow. it's almost minutes, you gotta go and so uh when you get it so dialed like that the benefit of that is that i'm not wasting any time in those aid stations so when i sleep like I'm not like I'm pretty much making up all that time, right? So, like the time the time that normally would just be wasted, like just chit chatting and like not doing anything, um, gets funneled into the sleep bucket. And so like that all that all that sleeping time is purposeful. It's not, not nothing's wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I've been able to really like optimize like how I run and perform and 
Um, yeah, the base circuit trail is a good example of being able to do that. Um, I, and I did change my sleeping strategy slightly. I did, uh, because of the distance I did, uh, one hour or one to one, you know, one and a half hours every 24 hours, roughly. So I slept twice, um, in this run Whoa. and that worked out really well. It worked. That's cool. <laughs> and and so the base circuit, you did, you did the whole thing. You beat your goal. Was it less than, less than three days is what, is what you're shooting for? Or tell us a little bit about sort of like what your, yeah. what your goal was and, and how you did against it. Yeah. So, um, Something I learned. So the very first time I ever ran like a, beyond a hundred miles was when I ran across New Jersey. That's my home state. Um, I did that kind of during COVID. I did it in January, 2021. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I don't I, like, we just flew by the seat of our pants. Like I had never finished in a, a hundred mile race before. So beyond 88 miles, I, it was all new territory. Right. So mm-hmm. um, sleeping, I, you know, I just like winged it and um, and then, um, yeah, pretty much like I, uh, you did know, you go, did you go north to south or south to north? Uh, north to south. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me, but that's cause I'm in New York. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, in New York. I'm in, I'm in Manhattan in the West village. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'd have to, I'd have to run through a tunnel or something, but, uh, then I'd get going, but, um, that, okay. Are you from the North part of Jersey? No, I'm from the dead oh. center. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh I'm in probably the least appealing. Well, no, Princeton's a great <laughs> town. But like there's a there's like one stretch where you go across like um pretty much like Route One, which is a pretty extensive major highway. Yeah. It was like super sketchy through there. It's like where all the shopping and stuff was. And I fortunately I caught it like during rush hour. <laughs> oh god. Uh, it was not good. But um yeah, so what 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 now, now we're off. I had to get to get off the New Jersey tangent. So, what was I? What was I trying to say? What was I? What was that? Mean? Um, Let's I don't see. What? Where were we? We were. Well, oh, we were talking about. Um, well, we were. We were starting to talk a little bit about base circuit. Um, well, we were doing the hundred mile run across Jersey. I thought hundred mile run across Jersey. Right. You were saying that was your first, and then you hit mile eighty eight, and. That's right. uh, sort of entered some new territory, didn't have much of a strategy for sleep and we're kind of figuring it out as, as you were going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and it's just like anything, like, I think you just build from there. Right. So like, so from New Jersey, I didn't know what I was doing. Then I ran Cocodona. My feet were a complete catastrophe. <laughs> I wasted way too much time there. Um, and then the speed project, I took all the learnings from like how the pre-tape your feet and do all these things, nutrition and so on. And we knocked it out of the park. Um, and then Bay circuit trail comes along, um, you know, 200, uh, for me, I finished in, uh, 200, 227 miles in 53 hours, 51 minutes and 14 seconds. And, um, oh, wow. and we're talking about the time, like what was my goal time? So, yeah. um, ultimately, yeah. So this is where I was trying to get at. So New Jersey taught me, uh, there are some newspapers that like caught my caught wind of the story and like published it, like literally like three hours before I was supposed to run at two in the morning. So my phone was blowing up and um, they were like, can this guy break 40 hours? I finished in 44. Um, and it was like, then they, they did a recap and they were like bashing me for like being like, well, he did it, but he didn't break hit his time. So um, I've learned to, and I got burned for it a little bit, but I learned to um, kind of, um, you know, under promise over deliver. So I said 72, um, 
And again, I had really not spent a lot of time, enough time on the trail to really like, you know, I had a gauge of it, but not like a perfect gauge. And so anything can happen, especially in these longer distances. Um, but I definitely with my, with me internally, like I was going for it. Um, and so, um, you know, whether it was, uh, like, I felt like anything under 60 hours is going to be a really strong performance. Um, you know, if you look at most like 200 mile finishes in like the, you know, like Bigfoot 200, the Tahoe 200, um, the Moab 240, if you can finish in the, for the 200 mile races, if you can finish in like the 50, the 60 hour range, you're probably winning the race. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of be like, Oh, I'm running a little bit further and new England's technical. These West coasters don't understand it. <laughs> That's but, what I'm right? always saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I kind of like, you know, had to hope that I could put together a good, good performance and definitely did. Nice. I like, yeah, I like how running the East has a kind of ski the East vibe, you know, where like, it it's right. It's not as like idyllic in some ways, but yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it requires a certain technical skill to get through it. <laughs> it does. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think, um, we have, we have some, some roots and connections to, uh, New Hampshire and, and the, the running scene up in the white mountains. And uh, a lot of the runners are always talking about, you know, it's, it's much harder to pull off longer distance races. There's not, um, I think it's something to do with the, the park service and just sort of the, the availability to, to host those types of events in the, um, in the national forest. And, uh, but like imagine Western States runners that are used to just like cruising along like gravel and dirt, you know, doing some of the stuff up there. It's just, it's a completely different thing almost. Um, <laughs> so Bay circuit. So, um, and so I, I think we saw, um, we saw, I, I don't know, it must've been from like the FKT or something on Instagram sort of, um, <clears throat> alerted me to, to, to your effort. And, uh, I came out with, um, uh, we call them the two young power motion picnic hour apprentices and, uh, met we can't at, do this forever. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, like, we're, we're like Willy Wonka. Eventually we're going to have to hand, off, <laughs> hand it over to a younger generation. We'll have to, we'll have to pass the baton, but, um, <laughs> but we saw you that the timing worked out perfectly because you came through our town and we're at Tippling Rock, which is, uh, a trailhead that I run off of you know, all the time. And it just worked out. I think you were there at like 8am. We had gotten up and done breakfast and we're like, I threw him in the car. I'm like, let's go, let's go, you know, root on, root on Cole. And, um, and, and I, I have to say you had, at that point you had been running, I think over 24 hours, you had just run <laughs> overnight. You had just done a pretty technical section up over Knobscott Hill and, and, um, um, the whole sort of Knobscott reservation. And, uh, but you looked like, you were just perfectly fine. You were just <laughs> smiling and taking pictures. We handed you a Bobo's and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just a blast. Your crew was, your crew was incredible. It just seemed like you were just having like the best time. I tried to. Um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be willing to do these things if I wasn't having fun. Right. Like if I was just miserable the whole time, like, why would I, why, why would I do that? You know? Yeah. I guess that's a good point. It's a long time to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always moments, obviously, like, um, I think after that point, um, once I got through Concord and then got onto the, before Lowell, like on the Bruce Freeman rail trail, mm -hmm. my feet were so sore and so beat up. There's a, there's some good pictures at like mass ultra, um, uh, that he put up and there's like, it's like me wincing in pain. Cause I'm like my, I was like, we were trying to, I had knots on my feet. 
and we're like trying to like uh my crew um kudos Brittany. she was a a, a saint for <laughs> doesn't she uh uh doesn't normally massage people's feet but she was definitely it made a huge difference because uh, she got the knots out so nice. my feet were not like wincing and throbbing <laughs> in pain which you know new things happen all the time like this base circuit trail i don't think i've ever run an ultra where my feet were like throbbing like that mm-hmm. and i think it just is a testament to like how technical the terrain can can be like mm-hmm. much like it's not as you said it's not what the white mountains which i've run in the white mountains that stuff is just gnarly is the perfect word it's like mm-hmm rock gardens that like go up for like three miles straight and then the same way when you descend off of like some of those four thousand foot peaks mm-hmm. uh, it's not that but it's like uh, a lower elevation version of that and through a lot of parts um especially the time of year too with all the leaves kind of around and stuff like mm-hmm. it was a challenge i mean the conditions were not fast conditions you know like it was wet it was it was foggy the first night i could hardly even see where we're going half the time oh man um it was slick. You know, we had sleet on like the morning of the, when I started, it was sleeting and stuff through the swamps and everything. Um, so, you know, knock on wood, I, uh, I was really proud that I didn't really, I didn't, I never, I had one like close slip where I could have like fell, but like, I never fell and like hit the ground one time throughout that whole FKT. So, um, you know, and that was my goal too, is like, even if I go a little bit slower in certain sections, it's about self-preservation, like in a 200 mile run, especially all it takes is one misstep and you're done. Oh yeah. If you're hobbling. Like if you're hobbling at like 50 minutes a mile and you're only a hundred miles in you're the likelihood of you actually finishing the thing is probably pretty slim, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so when you saw me, it's like, you know, I was probably like a hundred and 20 or 30 miles in or something like that <laughs> mm-hmm. and so like i still have a long way to go i mean i have enough i still have about i think at the i think actually when i saw you i had like 90 something odd miles left to go and so it's like i still have 90 miles to go um which is and you know it's still still a long distance um that's a very long distance <laughs> yeah, 90 plus. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah um but it's also i think uh for me it's like if I can get through the first day and the first night and like, I was feeling pretty good, like things that normally could go wrong were not going wrong. Mm-hmm. And I even felt it on the first day. I was like, this is going to be a, this is going to be a magical FKT. I feel really good. And um, I don't think that things are really going to get like, like panic mode. Um, yeah. And nothing really got into panic mode. I had, I had a few moments where mentally, like there are some things that were some struggles and whatnot, but that's what ultra running is all about. Yeah. It's like, it's surfing. You ride the highs, you, you, you survive the lows. Um, you, you troubleshoot, you problem solve. Um, you know, obviously it helps having a great crew that can kind of take some of that workload off your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can focus more on just like, you know, figuring out like what things you need to do to make yourself the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. yeah but it's too lo- it's too far to like not go with the flow to some degree right you just have to kind of like you said you I mean you put yourself up you set yourself up to succeed the crew is helping you you've optimized everything but then you just gotta go with it right yeah and, sure. and enjoy yourself yeah exactly and, and i'm i'm just impressed you stayed upright because i i will frequently take all out falls on on that terrain especially this time of year with the leaves um on my like one hour you know, 
five or six mile run. I feel like we <laughs> hear I'm, updates. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just down. about you doing uh, that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, a route that was covered up or a little rock. Like it's always those little, those little stubby things. And, and when the leaf covers there, it's, it's just, so anyway, well, very well done. That's true. But uh, the flip side, Trevor, is that when you run during a race, and if you fall, then it's, you know, it's you're, you're prepared because you fall all the time. While running. I fall all the time. <laughs> yeah, so, no, well, that, well practiced. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm best at is my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious, you you mentioned you you like to do races and also FKTs. And I know, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you follow or, or at least aware of like um, the name Jack, Jack Kenzel. He oh, does. Yeah. yeah he, he has like the, again, up in sort of the whites. I mean, he goes all over the place. I think he did the Mount Rainier, like up and down FKT recently, but he, he holds like presidential traverse and a bunch of these iconic routes. And he almost exclusively does the FKTs and, and um, like very sort of, if you've ever heard him on different podcasts or interviews, he's like very strict about sort of tries to do it in the style that it's, it's set and, you know, goes and does preparation for weeks and scouts it. And then it's all about finding the right day and the conditions and everything to line up and um, you know, race. It's like, a point in time it's you're, you're you're there that's that's when you're doing it what, what's your what's your preference between the two or do you do you, yeah like how do you think about those two yeah well so i have to preface this it's funny you mentioned jack because i ran in the last race that he ran in which was the hellgate uh it's it's a, it says 100k but it's really 66.6 miles okay um, it's in it's in the blue ridge mountains of virginia and uh he finished. He did finish ahead of me, so he uh, he was second place. I was third place, just by like I think I was behind him by like a minute or two. But um, long story short, he was way up in front, and that race has crazy weather conditions. That year we had an ice storm, and uh, it was just like I dislocated my pinky slipping on the ice and stuff. It was it was Oof. treacherous, and funny enough, lo and behold, um, I came up behind him with like a mile to go, and he was like. I was like, hey man, what's up? And actually, I had seen him before too, like early on when and I had passed him. And then he passed me back. And then at, at the last aid station. And then coming down the mountain, I was closing in on him and he stared at me and he had like the look of like death in his eyes. And he was like, start sprinting. And then I start sprinting. And it was just like it was just it was funny. Um, but I think after that, that whole thing kind of broke him a little bit. Um uh, and uh so then now now he's an FKT monster, but um yeah. You know, I think for me, like I love, uh, I love, so I love races in the sense that I love, I like the event standpoint of it. I like the organ organized aspect of it, like how it brings the community in. Um, it's kind of a spectacle. Um, that whole, that whole side of it, and FKT is much more kind of like a personal venture and experience. Um, and I guess in some ways it can be more of a purist kind of form. Um. I, so that's something I think I try to do a little bit differently with my FKTs, especially the Bay Circuit Trail is like, uh, my goal is like, how can I make this more of a participant sport? How can I draw more people in that may not be runners? Mm -hmm. And how can I, um, you know, go after something that can make, make the community feel like they're a part of something, even though I'm kind of the one that's running it. Right. So, um, to to preface that initially um what motivated me to do the Bay Circuit Trail this year was you know I had run the speed project from LA to Vegas in March and they were doing this race in uh South America in um through the Atacama Desert and I initially signed up for it and I was like yeah we're going to go to South America it's going to be amazing and all this stuff and um 
it's very, those, those events are unsanctioned, very self-supported, all this stuff. You really have to have a dialed crew to do it and do it well. And, um, it just to, it was like even more remote than the LA to Vegas one. And I just, um, didn't, you know, to get the right amount of crew, like it was going to be a pretty lavish trip. You know, it's going to cost, um, cost us like $12,000 to do it the right way. And I thought about it and was like, well, uh, money aside, like I'm only doing, I'm really, I'm just doing this for myself. And I'm like, why, why should I just pay $12,000 to have a lavish vacation with friends when we can do that any other time, you know, mm-hmm. and go somewhere, maybe somewhere even cooler. Um, uh, so instead I'd rather just kind of, you know, I'm a fairly new New England resident, you know, I've been living in Rhode Island for now, this is my third year. And, uh, I thought, well, I was playing on the Bay Circuit Trail maybe 2024, but um, maybe we end up doing it, pivoting and doing going all in on this for the fall of this year. And um, you know, a few conversations with um, with my wife and kind of our our chaos crewing um, business partners and what have you, and it just seemed like it made more sense. You know, trying to um, you know fundraise and kind of like build build something that hopefully like really all of us as new englanders and as runners can be proud of versus mm-hmm. me just doing something that sounds cool you know it's like a bar story yeah i ran across the atacama desert you know which is cool but it's like how much of an impact does that really make yeah. um i read so that sounds cool i i read an article about the atacama desert once actually and it's <laughs> it sounds like a pretty wild place but uh yeah it it's beyond the bar story there's no reason right um, when you're when you're hanging around like the the minor ski areas of Greater Boston, the the Bay Circuit might hold even more weight. Um, that's true because people yeah. who haven't read the article I read about the Atacama Desert wouldn't even know what it is. They wouldn't even know. But um, and I barely the, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bay, Bay Circuit is is I think it's a very cool thing to do it, just in a continuous effort because it's it's like a lot of it's like trail sections that are linked are the roads actually like is there a designated road that links each of the trail sections yeah so it's like there's only there's only two stretches where it's kind of like it's creative so um either you go so bridgewater uh or like i think it's like bridgewater into west bridgewater um is kind of like find your own fastest route so i used matt dib who was the record holder before i used his route um i did have to detour because there was a bridge that's out um that has access to the trail um so i had to like kind of like do like a big loop around and then connect back in um but um that section and then also Lowell is like one of the spots where the trail kind of like almost like dead ends and then it's like mm-hmm. you have to find your way through Lowell to get to the, the next trail access point um and that's really it i mean it's pretty i mean there's markers even on like the the um the like power lines and like mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty it's pretty well marked and it's pretty comprehensive um i mean that's something that i think is really unique about this trail is instead of just following like blue blazes or like white blazes on like a tree and stuff like you actually have like little circular like base mm-hmm. markers um and funny enough they're pretty they're pretty consistent um obviously when you get through some of the more like uh the trail does connect you know it connects 37 communities or towns and so there's points where like you're uh, following the markers like through a through a town for like a mile or two, and then you connect into it. You turn right, and then you're like on like a say like a service road or something or a farm road or whatever, and then that connects into a trailhead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it, it was it's kind of funny it was like um funny enough like the road sections were probably the some of the scariest parts in terms of like navigation like i'm just staring at my phone like making sure like i'm staying on course right because right. so much other stuff going on it's very easy to like kind of like forget what you're doing um whereas in the trail you're kind of like more hyper focused and you're kind of like looking for those markers and you can kind of see them you know throughout the the woods especially this time of year where there's not a lot of leaf leaf coverage um mm -hmm. up in the trees so you can kind of spot them with your headlamp and all that stuff um but it's really cool it's a I, I don't really know many trails that are like it, especially especially one that has the accessibility that this presents. And then also just like, uh, I mean, the fact that it it is one continuous trail, but it like links into other trail networks too. Within right, these right. Natural areas, which is like, it's kind of like the Central Park of, uh, uh, it's like the longer trail version of Central Park for us here around Boston, which is cool. Now you're talking my language. Uh, yeah. I, I like hearing <laughs> how it's how it's marked so clearly, actually, because I'm I'm pretty good at like losing the trail. Like even if I'm just hiking, I'll just lose whatever blazes I'm following, and then all of a sudden I'll I'll look up and I'm like, wait, what color is that? <laughs> that's a, that's a yeah. color I didn't know I was I've seen all day. Yeah, I mean, mind you, it's pretty. Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to miss it. Um, mm -hmm. You do have to pay attention, but like that might be yeah. my problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and, I'll go ahead. Uh, just one last thing on on Bay Circuit um, is just for perspective for for some of the listeners. What what was the previous? What was the previous best? So you did um, it in 53, 53 yep. hours, and just under fifty four, fifty three, fifty one. Matt did uh, completed in ninety two, I think. Wow. Okay. So you wow. took a you took a healthy nearly two days off off the record that's yeah i think it was like 38 hours is what it came out wow. to be um, wow. well, ultimately though it's a different style matt matt when he did it he ran it like a stage race kind of so like he'd, yeah. like, he'd run during the day and like stay in a hotel or like at a friend's house and then like uh, run from where he left off um but at the same time like i mean you know i approximated when i tried to do the math and try to figure it out it's Approximately, I was like, okay, he ran in like the 70, somewhere in the 70 hour range, 70 under 80. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, like, let's see how far I can get under that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I took a break halfway through a race like that to sleep in a bed, I would then just sleep in the bed for nine days straight. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I'm like, I got to get back up and do the race. I'm like, no, the race is long over, Dave. Go back to bed. Uh, yeah, that that's like um, one of our special guests ran um, one of those backyard ultra style events. Uh, you had, I think, yeah, whatever it was, you had to do a, a loop or something every every hour, and uh, sort of getting towards the end, wasn't aware of whether there were even any more racers still like participating with them because the the guy that was like sort of running along with them had gone into his trailer uh, like during one of the one of the breaks and then just like never came out it turned it turned <laughs> out <laughs> yeah that's, that's a real risk right that, that yeah. definitely happened certainly well, for certainly for me yeah well Cole congratulations that's amazing um, thank you thank you yeah um we're we're running a bit low on time but before we wrapped up I wanted to find out um do you okay what do you do for that many hours in a row to occupy your mind? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to nature? Do you, what do you do? Um, I have, I mean, I have listened to podcasts before, but really just to like 
kind of like drone out drone out the noise and stuff like i did that during the speed project towards the end just to kind of like really i i only did it just i'd be like okay this podcast is an hour and a half long and so once at the conclusion of it, it meant that i got an hour and a half right mm-hmm. like yeah. and i just had it as ambient noise in the background um i i'm i guess i'm a purist in that sense i try to i guess listen to mother nature i try to just like uh i mean i think that's something that i've worked on a lot over the years is really like using my mind as a as a tool you know and so i'm very good at blocking things out but also like being very like in tune and engaged with like what's going on around me mm-hmm. uh, so i just really focus on like how am i feeling what's you know uh making sure i'm staying upright not hitting rocks and like making mm-hmm. sure i'm navigating the terrain properly make sure i'm you know staying on course and doing all those things um so it's like it's I'm constantly doing like a going through a checklist in my mind in terms of like making sure that I'm putting putting the best effort I can. Um and also not like really um I'm also kind of almost like meditating in a way. I try to keep my mind very uh like powerful but also relaxed too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also it's very much a muscle too in these longer uh, efforts. So um, you know, the more that I can kind of uh move move efficiently it's also like having good running form if i if my mind can really be kind of in a good uh good headspace um it means that i'm going to be more alert and be able to uh you know be able to push harder when i need to even when i'm tired so um just like a muscle your mind is is just that so it can easily be overworked and so i try to rest it as much as i can that's Mm -hmm. awesome yeah no i I mean i've never run anywhere close to your distances but uh, you know not never longer than a marathon distance, but I, I love running with, without a, a distraction like that, I suppose, right. As some sort of form of natural meditation, maybe. Um, and you, you, you do seem to have optimized it <laughs> and, and, uh, and mastered it, which is pretty damn cool. Um, but it de- definitely just as a practice, it's something I enjoy as well. So cool. that's, that's awesome to hear. I don't, and I, don't th- I think that's less common these days, actually. Right. I think, cause it's, I, I like asking the question about what people listen to, um, because you get a lot of interesting answers and we and we talk about running to music a lot too which is also very fun um but yeah that's a, a rare answer i think right somebody who doesn't have anything blasting in their ears yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and same i i'm sort of building up towards longer distances but you know i think one of the things that i'm always chasing is getting to that place where you're just like the the, the focus is just is just on you know, the next step, right. And it's just on like keeping moving and, and it's, you know, yeah, it's definitely meditative. It's, I I think I started it in the middle of, uh, pandemic just as a way, it was like the furthest I could get away from like the world of zoom and everything. It was just like, okay, this is like the anti zoom world where it's just all about moving and feeling your body. And, um, and I think, I think a, a number of our, our guests have sort of mentioned similar things. I think that's a big like sort of thread and just in running in general, whatever type of running you're doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, All right. uh, Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we are running, uh, just about running out of time. So I guess if we have any final thoughts or parting messages for the world or our our dedicated listener projects. Yeah. Next next projects coming up. Now's the time. Yeah. yeah, What's what's next for you, Cole? How's that? so what I always tell people is that um because you always get that question. So I try to always have something one one thing on my calendar. Um just so that I, I have have an answer, right? Rather than being like, oh <laughs> ah. um, so I signed up for a race in Arizona called the Black Canyon 100 k Um yep. and to make it fun, I did I'm doing the hundred mile challenge, meaning that I'm running a hundred K on Saturday, 
And then the next morning I'm running the 60 K. So I'm doing a hundred miles of roughly a hundred miles of racing out in um, just North of Phoenix in black Canyon city area. So that'll be fun. It's awesome. a goal to take a race cool. for Western States. So I'm trying to represent the East coast and see what happens and roll the dice and uh, hope for the best. Um, I'm also like an Aravipa New England athlete. So I'm part of that like awesome. Aravipa racing racing team, which has done a good job of like live streams and whatnot. They also like did a little bit of like a live broadcast of the Bay Circuit Trail. Um, it's mm-hmm. on Outpost channel. So check that out, people. Awesome. Uh, you'll get like daily recaps and the finish line in- interviews and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that. And then um, I haven't signed up for it yet, but I'm, I'm intending on in September to do something called the Cowboy 200. It's a rail trail across nebraska um and um it's i just want to absolutely crush a 200 mile (laughs) time so um yeah so like how people are trying to run as fast as they can for 100 miles i'm trying to do that for 200 on a trail surface so that's awesome i'm not going to say name any numbers but i did run 200 miles roughly 200 miles across new jersey in 44 hours so Let's just say, and let's hope faster. Yeah, let's see what nice. you can do on a at a mind blowingly flat state like Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we will we will be rooting you on, and uh, I'm sure sure the the community, the listening community, will as well. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. And this has been this has been really awesome. I feel like we learned a, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. My 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 last parting words is. Um, you know, if you have aspirations to do something like this, um, all it really, it starts at one step and one step times a million steps is what it takes to get to the finish line. And that's literally what I've been doing since I was a young kid. Um, and honestly, like consistency is the, uh, the secret key to success. So just keep up the hard work. And before you know it, you'll be running, you know, you'll be achieving your goals, whether it's running really far or, Maybe being a world-class shuttle player, who knows? This is the Power Motion Picnic Hour. Thanks again to Cole for coming on and being our special guest this week. That was a, that was an awesome talk. Thank you so much, Cole. That was that was really great. Uh, good luck with with everything that comes next, and uh, just congrats on on all the achievements. And uh, thanks so much for being special guest. Yeah, yeah, great to have you. Um, all right, well, I guess that that leaves us back here with the normal weekly business um the, the, the normal unstructured content that we we uh we we sort of put a facade over by by making up segment names for um let's let's go to a tried and true segment maybe how about how about weekend running weekend running yeah uh, how was your week how was your weekend running well finally i had a, a great weekend running i think i've gone running five times since uh, the last time we spoke Oh, very uh, nice. Yeah, I got I, last week I was traveling for work and I got three pretty solid four or five mile treadmill runs at the hotel where I was staying. Nice. And then and then since getting back to New York, I've done uh, two, two 10Ks uh, up along my beloved Hudson River. Uh, one just a few hours ago or at lunchtime today. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, how about you? It's a great it's a great weekend running. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've 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 gotten a few in. I, I still haven't been quite as. Um, frequent or consistent as as i would like but i i got two fair two last week one that felt fairly solid at least for where i am right now um sort of trying to build it back and um and then uh one today um 
and I actually ran along uh, a portion of the the Bay Circuit Trail, which is nice. where I, where I often run. Yeah. Okay, we're back. We're running. We're running. We're, we're running. running again. Yeah, we're the running podcast is is back on track and yeah, or, the, and tread the the running podcasters now also running again. Um, and and yeah, and I, I think it's sort of for me, it's going to be like the start of a little mini training block um for the upcoming race that is likely just just only going to be coach friend myself possibly you though unlikely and other friend yet to be named uh sort of pending his listening of the power motion picnic hour but uh so it's probably a three-person race but um it has a name it's the krampus classic and it's going to be a a loop um around knobscott that you have to sort of alternate clockwise, counterclockwise, because I think one direction's a little, a little, little longer, perhaps, than the other. Okay. Most I like how conf- confused I already am by the description of the race. The funny thing is, I'm trying to sort of simplify the the convoluted <laughs> set of ideas that are becoming the rules and parameters uh, uh, as I say this, but um, call it like it's it's maybe a mile and a half loop in either direction. Just one is a little bit more uphill and a little bit a little bit more challenging and. Uh, you have to rather than just run the loop continuously, you have to run back to the starting line and then turn around and, and go in the other direction. So it throws in a little little element of of per, perhaps some amount of confusion as runners start, you know, sort of racers start crossing crossing paths and yeah. nobody quite knows how many how many laps. And it goes for four hours and it's the total number of total number of loops that you can do. It feels like it has a potential to bring a little bit of Mexico City into New England. <laughs> Yes, there's there's going to be very little policing of these people uh, are just running all directions yeah at, at, at least one of the the participants also is unlikely to track um so yeah there's going to be no way to verify when but, is this race uh we're not sure yet okay probably, great. probably in january <laughs> love that okay yeah. cool um yeah. yeah put me down as a maybe yeah, yeah anybody is- who would who's interested listeners more than welcome just dm or post a comment happy to send the details when they become available um but yeah so a little little training block sort of focused on that terrain that sort of uh, uh that sort of elevation profile and um in pretty bad shape that's one thing i've noticed <laughs> from this week in running yeah so same gotta build it back build i gotta back. i gotta build it back too i'm thinking i've a little follow-up on my uh announcement that i was running the where was I going to run the Richmond Marathon? And then my Richmond. announcement that I wasn't running the Richmond Marathon. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'd like to follow up that exciting um, saga with my announcement that maybe <laughs> I'll run the LA Marathon in March. All right. So I, if th- I, so I might have to Cal- start training. Well, we just added California to the list of states where you've considered running marathons. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's pretty impressive. I'm checking another one off, another box. Um, that's, I think it's three months and five days from now. So nice. I really, really got to start training. So you got to start. Well, I I've, I was thinking a lot about that and we'll talk about it maybe on another episode, but I sort of have, I think my two goals, my two main goals sort of locked for next year, but I'm excited to plan like a lot of sort of just secondary shorter type type stuff too. And maybe yeah. some things a little bit sooner to look forward to because the first big one's unlikely to happen until probably June. So I got to okay. fill, I got to fit some, some other, yeah. besides the Krampus classic, I, I probably should do uh you know have like another sort of like 
fun day out uh, to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. That's too far apart. I'm and I'm I'm registered and qualified. Well, not registered, but qualified for next year's New York Marathon. Congratulations! Uh, York, yeah, thanks. <laughs> but that's like um, you know, uh, 11, 11 months from now. So definitely need to do something before then. Um, but well, L- and LA in March sounds fun. That that sounds amazing and <clears throat> great time of year to to be in LA too. I mean, it's it's nice there pretty much most of the year, but I feel like that's better than the summer. One of my biggest like problems is just like with early races and stuff is just like getting myself to wake up as early as I need to um, and in a normal rhythm. And so that's why I figure if I go three hours west, there we go. Um, there you go. I'm, I, I'm already on race time without even having to try. So that seems like it, it might help me. You know, the night before Providence, I don't think I slept very well. And, and people generally don't. Um, but yeah. I didn't. <laughs> but sleeping well would be nice. <laughs> definitely some nerves and you're thinking yeah it's uh i mean it sounds like a great strategy i think that gives you a little buffer and um i wouldn't be surprised if you set a pr a little bit of training to do before then but oh yeah it's totally i mean whatever my pr would be i i seems very achievable for just about anybody really Uh, (laughs) so yeah i wouldn't be too surprised either and then maybe get one better one in the books before new york because new york is so funny uh you have to get there at like like four in the morning and then you don't start running until like noon oh <laughs> like, yeah i mean depending on what wave you're in but you have to like and to get there like you have to take the staten island ferry <laughs> and then you sit in your corral all day it's just yeah. like it's kind of ridiculous but um very excited for it because it's it's such an exciting event you know, the energy is so crazy at the new york marathon that's yeah no it, it's i mean I'm, I'm sure you're just gonna be so psyched day of and just just sort of like you know, even if it's a little bit of waiting, like you're probably, I don't know, I guess I don't know, but, um, we'll see. <laughs> I'll try to be in a lot better shape by then and just, you know, make it as easy on myself as possible. Well, it's, it's sort of a good segue, um, into a mailbag. If you don't, if you don't mind, I was just going to um, say, yeah, it's, it's overflowing yeah. as usual. This was a bit of a request, uh, okay. a mailbag request. And this listener, um, Harkening back to uh, earlier episodes, probably season one, when we talked about the idea of um, maybe maybe heading west, a little bit west for both of us, not not to the Cascade Marathon, but to the Adirondacks to run a big sort of trail route, um, perhaps the Great Range tra- Traverse, uh, and maybe even roping popular runner Jim Pergolesi. Oh. Um, along for for the for the endeavor but the the listener the request was was all about like an interest in in sort of getting you out on the trails and seeing sort of what that experience might be like as a road runner um i've noticed and, yeah, that's a, the, yeah. The, ru- the running world our listeners and others alike have an interest in me getting off the roads <laughs> and onto the trails and as i've indicated in the past if this means i could buy a new pair of shoes i'm open to the concept <laughs> It's well, you can definitely buy a new pair of shoes. It's like it's like a special guest on a another uh, unnamed podcast um, competitor uh, podcast competitor, I suppose, or or peer, let's say. Okay. Um, a special guest was was talking about. Um, we're gonna have to edit this part a little bit, I think, because I just <laughs> completely forgot what I was gonna say. Maybe, but um, people like the the verisimilitude that these moments bring to the podcast, <laughs> so we might have to leave it in. Now I'm now I'm I'm not even thinking about the thing. I'm just worrying about about this part now. Yeah, but so so what were we talking about? It was in relation to me trail running. 
you trail running. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So um, the the this this guest was talking about races and um, sort of a, a a showdown with um, having moved from the East Coast out west. Had like a showdown at this one race, a fifty k. Came down to the last like last mile, like I think it was an eighteen second difference. Um, and this cross country runner sort of like uh, you know edged him out at, just at the end. Um, and he was talking about how like the running out there is just so different. And uh, and I guess this is a a good a good sort of um, uh, trashing on other terrain out west uh, segment. But oh, yeah, um, but but it, like basically made some comment about like how you know, going into, going into races and these, you know, cross country guys and gals and and road runners show up and, you know, they're, they're all, they're all interested in thinking about maybe getting into running yeah. and just sort of said it, uh, said it like very like plainly. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but basically just talking about how, like the, I guess the joke, the very long winded and, and almost forgotten joke was, uh, was so- this guy was basically like, you know, there is like, tri- like all the other stuff is not, is not, not running. running like, yeah. It's not running. Yeah. What, the New York marathon is not running. <laughs> no, no. If you, so if you ever want to get into running, uh, great, great range 2024, uh, with popular runner and, and maybe some other special guests. I'm open to it. Like I said, I'll take a look at the shoes. I'll head down to REI, maybe try something on. Definitely try them on. Talk I only to, talk, talk to the shoe people. They, they tend to be knowledgeable. I get attached to my shoes though. And I, uh, I guess I should recycle some of these and I've seen people using, uh, trail running shoes as streetwear too. They sort of double as, as urban streetwear. I wear a pair of running shoes pretty frequently as a, as fashion. It's a pair of shoes I, I seldom run in. So mm-hmm. I, I run in them sometimes with my, my tracksmith Elliot runners, uh, which I think are super cool looking, but, Definitely. uh, and then, but I feel like attached to the the shoes I ran my first marathon in. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a sentimental attachment. That's probably just because I'm a, a bit of a hoarder, though. I, I threw away my first like big like pair of trail running shoes that kind of got me back into running and got me into this type of running, and eventually needed to make room for some new shoes. But uh, yeah, we can um, if maybe we could take pictures of them and put them on the the podcast uh instagram so then we don't feel like we need to keep the shoes around <laughs> just post post the shoes we're about to throw away yeah, well yeah um, yeah we'll have we'll have like a little shoe museum yeah shoe museum that's a good idea yeah um but anyway so yeah that was that was the mailbag i had um, one mailbag too actually um and i know this one actually i'm looking at but listener dan wrote in oh um with a little follow-up to his last mailbag question about his young apprentice running in crocs yes uh and he said before even Hearing our advice in the last episode, he decided just to let the apprentice figure it out on their own. Uh, and 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 on his own, the young apprentice uh, ended up discovering a pair of white Nikes. Um, yeah, that, that listener Dan sent a picture of. Um, so maybe we'll share that that picture on the, the Instagram account if anyone's interested. With with permission, we'd, we'd love to do that. Um, Might even do it without permission, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, white white shoes are cool. Good good streetwear, and I also really like. I've got sort of my current uh, Solomon Ultra Glide twos are very very light in color, and they they show the dirt. They look yeah. really cool. It's like I like white running shoes. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. tell. You can tell. Um, the ones I wear as streetwear, the Elliott Runners, are white and dirty, and they they let the nice. world know I've been running. 
you've been running. You're not, this yeah. is not only a fashion statement. And they actually, I, I, I don't run on them a lot, but they do run. I, they are the shoes that I, um, I ran on, on a hotel treadmill three days last week, probably a total of, I don't know, 14 miles. So yeah, yeah. they can run. Yeah. I, I, and I, you know, I see the, I see some of these, like, I don't know, um, Solomon's and other like sort of high end trail shoes being worn on the streets of New York. And I'm like, you're, you're ruining the lugs, but they're <laughs> like, they're clearly all like clean and they're just, yeah. they're just for fashion. So yeah, yeah. Yes. in that case, if it feels right, you know, just do it. If you in around New York, people walk a lot. So they need, they need the arch support. Yeah. So they need a legitimate pair of shoes. Go for it. Um, all right. Well, I think there was, let's see. Um, I do have a song of the week, but probably not not we... for another not for another week or two. All right, let's do it next week. I was gonna say we are probably running short on time over here because it was a nice, long, healthy length interview. It was. Um, so yeah, well, we can wrap it up here. Let's do it. All right. Well, um, until next time. Onward. Special guest. I wear many hats. This is the power mode.